Welcome to Bitch Talk, booze interviews straight from the heart of San Francisco. I'm Erin. That's Ange. Hi. That's Char. Hello. You can find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com where you can sign up for our monthly e-news. For behind-the-scenes videos and two-minute clips of our interviews, head to our YouTube channel and subscribe. You can find us every other Thursday morning at 9.30 a.m. at bff.fm. And if you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For the love of God, do it. It really helps. It's a pleasure to welcome director Liz Garbus back to the show. Um, I wasn't in the room for the last interview we had. It was back at Sundance and the before times in 2020 for Lost Girls. But today we're talking. Yeah, that was like 10 million years ago. But today, yeah, today we're talking about uh, one of your latest films becoming Cousteau. uh, That's going to be at the Mill Valley Film Festival coming up in the next week. And um, if you could, could you let our audience know what the film is about? Sure. Um, thanks for having me again. Thanks for having me back. Um, I, the film is about um, a childhood hero of mine who I knew very little about beyond his um, TV celebrity gallivanting across the seas, Jacques Cousteau. And, um, you know, why this story now? There are two answers. Cool. <laughs> One is how did, how did it all start? And it all started um quite innocently with, um, you know, one night when I was reading a book to my young son um, about, um, you know, there are this, this series of books that you'll see in bookstores for young children. It's like, who is Gandhi? Who is mm-hmm. Rosa Parks? Who is Jacques Cousteau? And, you know, we had that series. And one night we started reading the Who is Jacques Cousteau one. And as we were reading it, I realized that this, you know, hero of my childhood was, you know, completely forgotten about um, in this new generation. Whereas, of course, mm-hmm. many of these other historical figures were were um, ones he was quite familiar with, and um, and that started my inquiry um, into you know why and is this really interesting to revisit right now? <laughs> and I found um, out the why, and the why was that the estate was extremely protective, and and that was something mm-hmm. that you know it took six years to to, um, you know, sort of come to fruition in this film, but also um, it became the why now and the why now, um, which I don't even, which I don't think I particularly realized when I, when I was reading that book was um, what an early environmentalist Cousteau was and how um, he um, sort of um, after a career of this adventurer, um, you know, man conqueror, you know, icon, um, transforms himself, um, you know, sort of a journey from arrogance to humility. And Mm. to me, that was a journey that um, is a metaphor for um, where we all need to go as a, as a, as a planet, as a global community. Um, So it turned out to be something that was um, interesting to me just on a lot of levels. Yes. Thank you so much for bringing up the younger generations, um, because mm-hmm. a couple of things that stood out that I really love about his story that I didn't know as well was, um, you know, he didn't grow up loving the sea and having this obsession. It all came about from an accident. And, um, and and another part of his story that really spoke to me was that you show him making mistakes. And I feel like a lot of people these days won't even try something because they're afraid to make a mistake. Um, so I think that those two aspects of his journey uh, were really important to highlight. I'm so happy you say that because there are those people who say, wow, like 
there are things I don't like about him and there's this and there's that. And like, and, and I guess for me as a filmmaker, like, you know, exploring the things you might not like about somebody make them ultimately human and actually relatable. Like, you know, I, I haven't been interested in my films in holding people up on pedestals or, you know, hey, geography, I've been interested in exploring what makes us all human. And of course, Cousteau, um, you know, he says himself, he was a, a terrible family man. He was a bad husband. He was an absent father. He took oil money. That's something he regretted. They mistreated animals. That's something he regretted. Um, what's incredible about Cousteau was that he um, pivoted and he tried to do something, um, you know, incredibly important after looking those mistakes, um, looking at those mistakes quite squarely. Maybe not so much, you know, in, in his family, there were there was damage done, but in terms of the environment and being a conservationist, um, you know, he 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 looked at his mistakes squarely and he said, I'm gonna do something different and something better. And and that makes, you know, that's that is like you said, that's a good lesson for all of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, coming from a, a filmmaking background, I wanted to ask you, um, there's a plethora of footage in this film. <laughs> and I wonder sometimes, is that a detriment? Or are you like, holy shit, jackpot, we have so much to work with? I'm more in the holy shit jackpot. I kind of figured. Aaron, it took so long to get access. Like, it's like, if you've been a kid standing outside a candy store for like four days and then they, or like somebody lining up for their new phone or something. As right. I was like, it's like, it took so long to get access to that space that um, just getting access to those outtakes um, was just thrilling and seeing those early films and films he made as a, as a child and those first images of diving. And it's like the first handheld cinematography underwater is thrilling. Um, so yes, we had challenges in structuring and in keeping focused and in elimination, but really it was, um, it was, you know, a thrill to get access to that, to that archive. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a certified diver as well. So I was so excited oh. seeing all the, I mean, it's footage from like almost a hundred years ago when you think about it, it's insane, but I was like, did she start watching this footage like 20 years ago. I just can't imagine <laughs> how long it took you to even go through it all. But uh, but anyway, um, as Aaron mentioned in the beginning, we had you on prior for Lost Girls uh, with Amy Ryan. And you'd mentioned the name of our podcast, Bitch Talk, being appropriate because it was a film about some really strong <laughs> women. So we have to talk about the prominent, the most prominent woman in this film, mm -hmm. Jacques' first wife, Simone, who I'm obsessed with. I could watch a documentary just mm -hmm. on her life as the sole woman on this boat. So can you talk about how you found out more and more about this woman and, and when you realized, like, I need to put a good chunk of the film uh, uh, and have it be about her? Did you just love all the images of her being this one woman with these yes. 40 guys? Yes, and just I was being smoking like, and drinking. Would you have yes. another woman on board? And her <laughs> yeah. being like, absolutely No, no not. thank you. Yeah, that's me. I would, yes. Yeah. I have to say, um, when I watched this, I was like, that's Ange. Yes, that's, that's Ange. I don't know. It just seemed right. Yeah. Yeah. In French, would you accept an, uh, another woman on board? Absolument pas. <laughs> <laughs> the pas is the no part. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as you know. But um, no, Simone Cousteau was just one of the, when people ask me the question in a less, um, you know, pointed way, like, what was your favorite discovery uh, in this? in this process of making this film, it's like Simone Cousteau, who knew about Simone Cousteau? And her, as her son says, you know, one of the interviews, she was 
I'm quoting him, that strong woman behind the scenes, making, um, keeping everybody safe and making the, you know, the world go round. And um, they called her the shepherdess because she kept the the herd from the edge and she had just an awesome fashion sense. She never, she loved diving. Um, Apparently in her prenup, she was like, I'll give you a couple kids. You give me the C. I mean, like, you know, and, and, and honestly, it's a beautiful and also very painful story. I mean, this was a woman who wanted to be a sailor, right? I mean, she, she was a child of sailors. Um, it was her obsession. It was her love. How could she achieve that life? It was by marrying into it. She had a husband who was ultimately a philanderer. Um, you know, she had, a very, you know, sort of disrupted, you know, uh, family life. But at the same time, this was how she, um, got where she wanted to be. And who knows what was going on when he was traveling the world and she was alone on that boat, right? <laughs> she was very, she was very um, private. She was beloved. Um, I was so grateful to um, find Jocelyn to pass one of our interviewees who had kept her letters. Um, and, you know, she wrote, um, you know, I don't have blood inside my veins. I have salt water. And just that poetry and that passion for the sea. Um, she was the heart of the boat. Yeah, you mentioned um, at the beginning of this interview that um, this film really came from you reading a book to your son. So have your has your son seen this film and what are his thoughts and has he learned more? Does he want to just go to the sea and never come back? My son gives it five stars. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> out, of, out of three. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, no, no. My kids have seen it and, um, and uh, you know, and they certainly know all about Cousteau and they can be very smart amongst their friends in, in <laughs> talking about it when their friends are talking about things like Blue Planet. You know, they, they certainly know, well, you know how that all came to be. Um, <laughs> but they, um, yeah, I do feel like this film, unlike a lot of films that I've made, which have been... Um, shall we say darker. Um, This film has darkness, of course, but it is, you know, it does bridge that generational divide. I mean, I think for those Mm -hmm. of us who are my age, I'm older than you, but like, it's about this nostalgia for our childhood. But for a younger generation, for my son's generation, because he's now older than he was when he now reads books to himself. And, um, but he, you know, they're incredibly, you know, they're, main concern is the survival of this planet and the environment. And that's like their, you know, Jacques Cousteau said, we're throwing blank checks on future generations. Mm-hmm. They are feeling those, that debt, you know, and um, this new generation is extremely concerned about it. So I think in some ways it'll, it, it can kind of, it hits you in different ways, depending on where you're at. And, um, you know, uh, the environmental message is one that's really important to them. Yeah. Yeah. Kids that age are way more into stuff like this than we were at their age. I mean, I'll speak for myself. You know, they're way more aware um, and and with with the times than we were. Thank God. That's what gives me hope. Um, But too, I mean, I think growing up under Trump and and with the climate crisis being, you know, so front and center and undeniable. I mean, not that it was deniable before, but, you know, every day. I mean, you guys are in California. There's this oil spill today. That's devastating. Right. Um, How many how many miles? I mean, you know, it's heartbreaking. You see those images and that is, um, they're fiercely aware of that and um, they're carrying that, that burden. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But on the topic of, of kids and, and also um, his, his widow, Francine, who uh, runs the Cousteau society, I'm I'm assuming. Um, What do they think of their father's legacy? Like have they followed in his footsteps and, and what is their reaction to this film? 
Well, as you know, from watching the film, his family life was a little complicated and he had uh, <laughs> family number one and family number two. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, his widow, his surviving widow runs the Cousteau Society and they had two children who, um, you know, both are very, very involved in conservation. And um, his daughter, Diane, from sort of an academic perspective and her, his son, Pierre-Yves, from a sort of invention um perspective. He's been developing instruments for, for divers um, to uh, measure water temperatures um, just on recreational dives so that everybody's collecting information all around the globe just while they're being, you know, tourists having fun. Um, and so, so yes, they're very much um, carrying on that legacy. And of course, his first son, Jean-Michel, who has, um, you know, a body of work that, that's quite, quite extraordinary. That's great. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to have to wrap soon, but I, I did want to just commend you for your body of work in mm -hmm. general. I mean, yep. I can name five things that you've done <laughs> in the past two years or something that are just is, is just incredible. Um, and, you know, the awards, the accolades, they really speak for themselves. So I'm wondering, um, as a filmmaker, do you feel like you're at a point where you can say, I have this idea and, and you can get it made? Or do you still very much feel like a woman in a male dominated field? Mm. That's a really good question. And I would honestly say, the bigger the money gets, the more I feel like a woman in a do male dominated field. You know, documentaries have always been, and I know you have to wrap up, but documentaries have always been more friendly to female filmmakers. The budgets are lower. It's just mm. the rules of commerce, right? Um, and I have, as you know, I've worked in scripted and, um, you know, that experience, of course, today is better than it was for women 20 years ago, but there's still a long way to go. Yeah, and I want to say um, I'm watching Nuclear Family, and it is awesome. <laughs> that is a great story. Well, I am so proud of, of that series that I did not direct. I cannot take right. so I can brag about it, but yeah. um, Rye has done. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm so glad you're watching, and I hope everybody checks it out. It is so um, so moving. But obviously, after they watch Becoming Cousteau, which comes out in, on October 22nd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. After after that. After that. Well, Liz, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for coming back on Bitch Talk. Um, we hope to see you soon. Maybe at another Sundance or something down the road. I don't know. 2023. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. If you like what you hear, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about us, you can head to bitchtalkpodcast.com. This podcast is created, hosted, and executive produced by Aaron Lim. My co-host is Angela Tabora, a.k.a. Captain Party. The show's edited by producer Shar. We're powered by GoTo Productions. 